Well, hey, good morning, lovely people of the planet. Today, I am thinking about breaking cycles, not bicycles, the cycles, like the bad cycles, the bad habits. I'm thinking about breaking the bad habits. I'm thinking about uncertainty. And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try to remember some things about that Chantel Martin video that I talked about on Monday, because there's some great stuff there. Great stuff today. Good morning, lovely people of the planet. This is Jeff O. This is the Morning Ride Pedal Powered Podcast, and uh, I'm just a dude on a bicycle talking about how I'm trying to evolve as a filmmaker, as a poet, and as a human being. Um, only today, I'm actually in a Subaru. I'm driving to work. I know. I It's 19 degrees, 17 degrees now that the uh, temperature is registering and we're out of the carport. I'm driving to work because I have not figured out how to get across town with a winter helmet on to get to the barber and my hair not be totally wrecked and not be a little sweaty when I get to the barber because I think I think I think my barber deserves more respect than that. By the way, if you're looking for a barber and you have to be in Boise, I highly recommend the barber story. But make sure that you make a reservation like a week or a week and a half ahead of time because they are fully booked. It's amazing. They got like three full time barbers booked all the time. Great place though. Really dig the, um, the, the guys that work there, um, seem like good people. So go check them out. An excellent, excellent, probably the best haircut, consistently the best haircuts I've ever had in my life. (laughs) So, um, anyway, that's why I'm in a car because I really haven't figured out how to get to the barber from my office. It's not that far. It's like only like a mile and a half. But it's far enough that, like, you know, to get geared up for winter biking when it's 17 degrees, um, you know, and then I get hair on my helmet, and then I get hair on my jacket and down my back, and yeah, you know how it is when you go to the barber, don't you? Do you not know how that is? Well, let me tell you, man, it makes my hair curl. (laughs) I'm kidding. I have really straight hair. Um, My hair doesn't get curly ever, ever, except my beard. My beard hair is kind of curly. That's another topic. Oh, actually, today, I am having him trim my beard. I've never had a professional beard trim, <laughs> so I'm, I'm kind of excited about that. I think, I think that's going to be fun. I am still going to cut through Garden City here because it's peaceful cutting through Garden City um, rather than driving at, you know, about 8 o'clock on a Thursday morning. Wow, look at this. It's a row of white and silver cars. I always love that. Have you have you guys read A Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime? It's a great story about a kid who, I believe he's autistic. Anyway, every day is a different day for him based on the patterns he sees early on in the day. And so it's like, today was a yellow car day. I think I remember that, in the, like right off the beginning. Anyway, he talks about his patterns. He's kind of a Rain Man kind of character, but helps solve a mystery. Um, I'm not going to tell you which mystery and how he solves it, but it's. A, I highly recommend the book. Curious Incident of a, do- of a Dog in the Nighttime, of The Dog in the Nighttime. A Dog and The Dog. Again, you know, very different levels of abstraction there when we're talking about language. A Dog is very general. The Dog is a specific dog. Of course, generally you hope that someone is pointing to it if they're saying the dog. Or actually, that dog is even more specific, right? Anyway, for layers of abstraction... 
here's the thing, folks. I, I, um, I get intimidated, I think. I think this is what's going on. Obviously, I cannot be objective about myself. But I've read a lot of books, and I've got people that um, provide me very distinct feedback, which is awesome. If, if you don't have friends that can, like, you know, raise their hand and say, hey, man, you're doing the dumb thing now. If you don't have friends like that, man, go find people that are going to be straight with you because, it, man, it means so much to me. Um, so thanks to you guys who are my friends out there, my close friends that call me on my bleep, you know, when, when I need to be called on it. I really appreciate it. Um, thanks to everyone, all of you. I really do feel like, you know, we've kind of got a little community here. I appreciate all of you who chat with me on email or on Twitter and on Instagram. I really, really appreciate it. Um, you know, again, I'm just a dude on a bicycle trying to be, trying to be, I'm trying to be. <laughs> so one of the ways that I'm trying to be is by breaking some cycles. And I do that about twice a year, um, generally for health for mental and for spiritual reasons. Um, and this time it really has gotten to a point that uh, after the after Christmas, uh, Jennifer and I got to hang out in Northern California with friends and family for a while, and that was fantastic. And literally on the, the drive home, um, I got really sick. She got really sick a few days later. Um, and so I kind of missed that, like, oh, I don't, you know, I don't have to be at work because I work at a university and the university's closed. Um, you know, during the winter break. And uh, so I was kind of sick that time that I generally have to like hang out and get some things organized, like just cleaning up what are, what's that stack of papers under my desk? Yeah, it's under my desk because I don't like it on my desk. So it piles up even worse because I'm not, I'm avoiding it because I don't know what to do with it. I mean, you're supposed to save all these records and it's like, I don't, I don't, I can't, I don't, I'm not that person. Um, so anyway, I started a fast on Tuesday. And this is a... Um, okay, so to be honest, they call it the Master Cleanse. I call it a fast because I do it for um, spiritual and mental reasons primarily. This time it's physical though because I really have been drinking way too much like on a daily basis. And it's such a waste of my life. But I think I do it because I am scared to engage. I'm scared to like summon the energy to engage. And it's easy to say after a, a day at work and, you know, working for a large bureaucratic organization, of course, you're going to run into some frustration in your day to day. Um, and I do, and I like to blame that on, um, oh, I'm just going to sit down and drink and eat chips and salsa or eat cookies or, and then drink a lot of beer or wine. And it's stupid. It is so stupid that I do this. Um, I enjoy beer and wine, and I would love to get back to the place where I can just enjoy it, and I just don't sit down and drink all night um, because it's I'm wasting my life, and I'm not I'm not living my life because then a lot of times I don't get up in the mornings. I don't have a big hangover issue, which is unfortunate. Um, but you know, I get up, I'm foggy, you know, tired, and um, you know, don't get up at five to write, and so I'm not working on my film when I'm drinking and avoiding my life. Anyway, so I do this fast, and again, I really do approach it as a fast. Um, I incorporate meditation. I incorporate meditation. Um, it's a 
it's a lemonade fast, and so like throughout the day, I drink this lemonade concoction. It's actually pretty good, and my guess is it's the idea where Gatorade came from. If anyone can fact check, if anyone knows that, would you let me know? Because I would love to let the the folks here know. I think it would be interesting. Wouldn't you guys love to know where the idea of Gatorade came from? And what if it came from a recipe that people have been using for fasting for hundreds of years? Ha! I think that would be awesome. Um, so anyway, I, I do like um, meditations when I'm drinking the lemonade. I do meditations in the evening and in the mornings. And uh, mostly this fast I do to check my habits, to check check my drinking. It causes me to, to refocus on my life because it's, it's a total upset. Um, in, in the mornings, um, when you're fasting, that's a time that your, your body is eliminating things that it no longer needs. And so, um, sorry folks, there's a lot of traffic. I'm a little distracted here um, this morning. I'm really sorry about that. Um, driving is so different than riding a bike along a river. <laughs> um, for those of you that aren't able to commute for whatever reason, I'm really sorry. I, I wish that, uh, I hope that your commute is an easy commute. I hope that it's a safe commute. Um, I hope that we get where we're going safely, you know, and that uh, when, we're, when we get there that we're not totally frazzled. Um, I know that when I lived in California and I had to commute on a motorcycle every day for about an hour, um, that was somewhat relaxing, but it was also super intense, you know, just riding around Northern California on a motorcycle. Uh, There's just a lot of people. But I loved the idea that all I had to look out for was large moving objects. <laughs> that was super helpful. I'm digressing a whole lot here, aren't I? So anyway, I'm doing the fast. It is a 10-day fast, which means I'm doing water and lemonade for basically the next nine days until next Friday. So not tomorrow, but the following Friday. And then, and then the, like Saturday, a week from Saturday, um, I'll be able to start um, drinking orange juice and eating fruit again. And it's a slow kind of come back into it if you're a vegetarian, vegan type. For some reason, meat eaters um, have a quicker time to get back into eating normally, which I find really interesting. I don't understand that at all, um, but it's not my business since I'm not a meat eater. So um, anyway, so I'm doing the fast to break my cycle, to, to refocus my mind, um, to basically rehydrate um, a lot of alcohol at night, too much coffee during the day. Super, super unhealthy cycle. I literally feel depleted um, when I get in these cycles. And so I've been feeling like crap. Anyway, I recommend you looking into it if you are in a similar situation where you don't feel like you've got full control over your decision-making around around eating and drinking coffee, alcohol, or whatever it is that your, your thing might be that you get to deal with. So the other thing is that um, part of this is the idea of uncertainty. Um, I watched a video, and I'm not going to get into this because a lot of people, it's, it's weird stuff. It's this guy, and he's like an, he's like an energy healer, I guess, is what he does. Um, he's a mystic of some sort. Um, and it's weird stuff because it's like, well, you know, if I say I don't believe it, then I can't get any, I don't gain anything from it. Um, and if I say I do believe it, then I feel like I'm a wackadoodle. So either way, anytime I believe something, 
I feel like I'm putting myself in a situation of um, setting my mind on a thing that has to be a certain way, and therefore I am excluding all other possibilities or eventualities. That to say, I was very intrigued with what this dude was talking about. He was talking about energy cycles and how energy kind of runs in seven-year cycles, and we know this physiologically that our bodies as humans, that we kind of run in seven-year cycles as well. And I I don't know if there's any correlation there. I literally do not know anything about it. But one of the things he was talking about is that for the past several months, the energy around the planet has been turbulent because we're basically moving from one type of energy to another type of energy. In other words, the energy around the planet is changing, and that makes sense. We know this. We know when weather changes, it's because of electrostatic um, things happening in the air, right? That's how a thunderstorm occurs, right? So we know that there's something to the electrostatic, electroacoustical properties of the universe and how these may affect us physically and unconsciously. So I was really intrigued with this idea of uncertainty, and I've been thinking about that with this filmmaking project because I've never, I've never made a feature-length film, and I've never written a feature-length screenplay, and so I don't know what I'm doing. So everything about it, I am, I am com- in complete uncertainty. I have no idea if what I'm doing is working toward the film. I don't know. I often don't know when I'm working toward the screenplay. And it's, it can be really frustrating and it can be really paralyzing for me because it's like with poetry, and I think I've talked about this, with poetry, I kind of know it's like, oh, I've got a line, I've got a rhythm, I'm feeling something here. I'm, I'm feeling something inside me through the language, right? And, and I can like, oh, I know that that's a, that's a chunk of material that I can work with. You know, like when Frost wrote, whose woods these are, I think I know. I think he knew he was onto something there because like, oh, wow, you know, then all of a sudden I'm, I, oh, well, he knows something, but he, he only kind of knows it because I think I know, right? And so as the poet is in uncertainty about writing that poem, so is the speaker in the poem. And in the poetry world, we talk about the speaker in the poem because we don't want to assume that just because someone is saying, and I did X in a poem, that it means that the poet did X. It's not... It's not documentary work. Poetry isn't documentary work. It's not necessarily nonfiction. Um, and so a lot of times poets take on personas. That is, they'll say, I did something. So, um, whew, just made the light here. Sorry, I don't know exactly where I'm going at this point because I have not parked on campus in a very, very long time. I'm thinking about just parking in the garage because then it's done and I don't have to worry about it now and I don't have to worry about it later. So that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go park in the garage. I got people doing all kinds of... Oh, (laughs) it was like, wow, it's really dark in here. (laughs) I had on my sunglasses. Of course it's dark, Jeff. You've got on your sunglasses. My future's so bright. (laughs) By the way, the Max's Minute that we just did, he just did this five-part series and uh, the last one, he, the last two he's ended with, my future's so bright, i got to wear shades. And our um, student graphic designer, she's awesome. I won't say her name. Um, she's awesome, though. And uh, she created an animated version of Max putting on sunglasses. Um, maybe I'll link to that. I don't know. It's, it's techie blah, blah, blah stuff. If you don't 
if you don't live at Boise State, if you're not if you're not associated with Boise State, it's probably not all that interesting to you. Oh yeah, good. They've still got the payment machine over here. Look at this. Everything's turning out so well. I love this garage over here, especially for taking photos, because um, it's you get a nice vantage point that you don't get, and you don't have to fly a drone, which is also very nice because I'm done with drones. Anyway, so with the film and with poetry, with writing, with creating anything, with life, we are in constant uncertainty. We don't know what the weather's going to be later today. We, we can guess what it's going to be, and so we can kind of prepare. But, I mean, do we worry about it? I mean, like, you know, I kind of have this solution for when I get my hair cut and it's really cold. It's like I drive in. And that also is uncertainty because it's like, well, where am I going to park? And how much time does it take to get to the car? And do I have to warm up the car? So it's a, a, there's a lot of uncertainty in our lives. And I'm t- these are obviously low-level things. You know, there's the uncertainty of, you know, will I keep my job? Will I, you know, will my kids be okay? Will my parents be okay? Um, I don't have kids. I'm assuming that people who have kids are concerned that their kids are going to be okay. Because I see a lot of great kids out there, and I think it's because their parents care that that their kids are going to be okay. I think that's part of the equation, folks. I don't know anything, though. So... Living in uncertainty, I am, I am, I am learning. I, that is the thing that I am meditating on. That I am focusing my intention on through this fast. Also, as um, as Lee was talking about, Lee Harris is the guy. You can look him up, Lee Harris Energy online. If you're interested in the hocus pocus about energy around the planet, light energy, spiritual energy, I'm fascinated by the ideas and how these things may or may not affect us. Um, I'm fascinated. Am I a believer? Uh, probably not, because if I believe in it, then I'm locked into only believing that. And I, I just don't like that idea. I think that there is possibility in this thing, especially for Lee. Lee is definitely finding a huge amount of um, uh, information that seems to make him a very healthy guy, uh, spiritually and physically. Anyway, so living in uncertainty, how do you guys deal with that? That is That's my, <laughs> that's my question because... I get to where I'll have a couple of really great days of working on the Poco a Poco film project, and I'll have some great breakthroughs with the story, and um, you know, great uh, breakthroughs with the characters, and um, you know, what kind of character energy do we need to bounce off of one another in order for the the story to feel real? Um, and then, you know, how are we gonna how are we gonna how are we gonna shoot this this? Um, you know, just because. I, there are two people talking doesn't mean they're going to be sitting at a table. Maybe they'll be walking. Maybe they'll be in a car. Maybe they'll be on the phone. So, you know, how do, how do the, how do the two people have this conversation? So I'm, I'm overthinking all of it because I just got to get the story down first, right? I think I know that. So that's where I am. I'm dealing with uncertainty. Um, I have been covering up that the horrible feeling that I'm wasting my time. I'm not good enough. I don't know what I'm doing. I mean, folks, these are things that I think about. Like, every morning I get to a point when I'm writing and it's like, Jeff, you don't know what the hell you're doing here, man. Why are you trying to make a film? It's like, you you don't how you don't have the... You're not even going to have the money. You're not going to find the money. You're not going to be able to inspire people towards some ridiculous idea that you come up with. You're not that kind of person. And so I tell myself all these stories and it's ridiculous because the the great thing about uncertainty is that is literally the time that we get to make a decision about how things are going to be. I want to make this film. So when I'm in uncertainty about the film, 
the only thing that I have to do is work on making the film. All the other stuff doesn't matter. All the uncertainty doesn't matter. It's it's the it's the do or do not. What is it that Yoda says? There is no try. Do or do not. There is no try. I don't think I've got that quote exactly right. Anyway, that's that's what I'm thinking. If any of you on the ride have any ideas about how to approach this, how to maintain this constant living in uncertainty, like with a big creative project, um, or with any kind of project. I mean, you know, I, I think that any professional, anyone doing a thing faces certain types of uncertainty that they have to find mechanisms or practices to work through it. So speaking of that, I had this weird idea in the shower this morning about how poetry isn't a thing. Poetry doesn't produce anything. There is no such thing as poetry. Poetry is a practice that poets use to make poems. And I really love that idea because... um, because poems are the result of a practice, and we know this. Anyway, it was a little little bit of insight that I had, or a moment of, I don't know if it was insight. Yeah, I guess it was insight, but for some reason it really inspired me, the idea that poetry is the practice, poets practice poetry, and poems are the, are the possible result of practice. Poems are always the result of practice. One of the things that I'm also curious about you know, I think I'm going to get into that another day. Um, I'm also curious about this idea. Like with this podcast, I'm trying to connect with you guys. And I appreciate it so much when you guys are riding with me, when you're letting me on your morning ride, or whatever time of day your ride is. Um, I really appreciate that. And so um, the difference between, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the difference between this kind of a creative project and like making a film or making poems, which is an artful project. And like, when do I need to be concerned about what others are thinking? When do I need to consider what others are thinking? How do I consider it? You know, it goes back to that idea of, you know, when do I care and when does it matter? Um, Anyway, today it's about uncertainty. It's about, um, for me, it's about breaking the cycles. And I'm just curious, how do you guys do this? How do you, how do you deal with living in uncertainty? Um, How do you deal with like continuous living in uncertainty? Um, is it a stressor to you? Does it invigorate you? I would love to get to the point that living in uncertainty is the exciting thing. And I know for me with poetry, it generally is. For some reason, I, I, I think I believe I'm not a poet, and so I'm not writing poetry anymore, which really bums me out. Because it's like, Jeff, dude, you love it. Why aren't you doing it? It's like one of the things that invigorates you, and you, you love purely. Kind of like riding a bicycle. Kind of like riding a bicycle. Hey, if you love riding a bicycle get out on a bicycle and of course your bicycle can be whatever it is whatever the thing is that brings you joy that brings you closer to being you um i hope that you have a chance to engage with that today folks i really appreciate you for letting me on the ride this morning i appreciate you being cool about me riding in in a car in a subaru you know by the way we don't have bumper stickers that we're vegetarians and that we probably vote very liberally um you know because if you're driving a subaru you don't have to do that i'm always i'm always that cracks me up when i see subarus that have you know all the all the you know save the planet eat a vegetable vote this way it's like you're driving a subaru we we know who we are (laughs) i love it i love it i absolutely do um that doesn't mean that there aren't other cool people driving subarus i'm pretty certain of that 
because they're great cars. Anyway, this is not a commercial for Subaru. This was not sponsored by Subaru. This is not an ad. Hey, folks, whatever you ride, however you get there, I hope that you have a chance to be on your ride today. I think, folks, it's the only one that we got. I hope you have a great weekend, and I hope to ride with you again on Monday.